everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Movie Chatter. I'm Eric, and I'm joined tonight by Lou and by Robin. Lou, how are you doing? I I, I am good, but I'm a little distracted tonight because I'm doing my fantasy football draft You're what as we now? record this. I, I know. I'm sorry. You fantasize <laughs> about football? That's a little bit creepy, dude. Uh, well, you know, sometimes. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I guess it's me and Robin. Robin, how are you tonight? I am here. I'm in. I'm rocking. All right. Nice. Excellent. That's what I wanted to hear. See, Lou, that was the correct answer. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Okay. Well, today we are going to do something a little bit different. In fact, this has never been done on any episode of Movie Chatter or Random Chatter to my recollection. We are focusing on one actor for this episode and we are going to discuss this actor the effect he's had on the industry and uh his uh some personal struggles he's been through and films he's been in and that actor that we are going to be discussing is robert downey jr now bit of uh, uh an experimental episode this time around like i said this is our first time doing this sort of coverage in a show so we want to know what you think about it so as you're listening to the show Think about whether you want us to do more shows like this. And if you would like us to send us feedback, you can email us at, at uh, moviechatter at randomchatter.com. You can find us in Discord. If you go to randomchatter.com slash Discord, you can join for free. You can download the app for free. We have different channels in Discord for each one of the shows in the Random Chatter Network. So just head over to the Movie Chatter channel and let us know what you think of this episode. Now, we've got some some kind of basic show notes, but basically, if you want to follow along, you can pull up IMDb or Wikipedia, and uh, that's where we're getting most of our information from. We're going to go over a quick filmography, and we're going to discuss a little bit about his history in the industry, and I think just kind of give our opinions on his work and what kind of impact he's had. So without further ado, uh, apparently, he started... At the age of five, his first yes. role was in 1970 in a movie called Pound as Bob Downey. I wonder if he goes by Bob. Like, it does, do his parents call him Bob? That is a nickname that is listed for him. Bob. That just seems weird. so weird. It, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I can't call him Bob. Like, just ro- I could so see Rob before I could see Bob. Like, it's just... <laughs> No, he's Robert Downey Jr. That's who I, you talk to. That's who you call him. I kind of just want Hi, to call Robert him Tony. Downey Jr. How are you? Yeah, well. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hi, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> right? It just sounds so disrespectful. Uh, anyway, okay. So he started at the age of five in a movie called Pound. He had done various different things. Uh, the first movie I remember seeing him in was Weird Science. Mm. I love that movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Now he played one of the two, I guess, bullies. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> if if you want to call them that. And then at the party at the guy's house later on in the movie, the, he's one of the two people up in the bedroom. They're like, okay, you got to make us a chick like this. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They made him put the bras in their heads. Yeah. 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 And the uh, the watermelon size dimensions on the, the computer and all that. And then, of course, it went very badly. He was in Weird Science. Yeah. Uh, he had done various other things after that. He's been in a lot of stuff, but we're just going to focus on the ones that people have probably heard of. 
Um, the next one I remember from this list is probably less than zero, which I think was really his breakout role. That was in 1987. Robin, is there anything in the list prior to that that you recall him from? No. And honestly, less than zero is what put him on the map for me, yeah. but it was, it was more around the, the, him being a part of that, um, that sort of extended, I want to say cast that, um, set him as part of the quote unquote brat, brat pack. Right. And so yeah. as sort of a play on the, the rat pack idea, um, that that is what sticks in my mind when I hear Robert Downey Jr. I know I'm, you know, I'm I'm uh, married to uh, the MCU man of the yes. <laughs> of the universe here. But when I initially when I think of Robert Downey Jr., I think of less than zero. I think of the Brat Pack, and I think of of what he's had to overcome in order to give us the content in the MCU that he's been able to deliver. Yeah. And it's a little bit ironic, too. You you talk about what he's had to overcome. Less Than Zero was a movie about a guy with an out-of-control drug habit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it seemed a bit prophetic. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, looking over the rest of his filmography here before we go on, um, just kind of scrolling through IMDb here. Some of these I think I might kind of recognize, but I'm not certain. So I'm going to stick with the known ones. Uh, he was in Air America. Mm -hmm. uh, that was probably his next big movie. Uh, he was in Soap Dish. He was in Chaplin. And uh, if I recall, I think I put it in the show notes. So let me go back to the show notes here. He was nominated for something for Chaplin, I thought. Um, nominated uh, for an Academy Award for Best Actor, and he won for Best Actor at the BAFTA Awards. Right. So that Academy Award nomination, I think, was probably a big win for his uh, for his career up to that point. Let's see, Natural Born Killers. I don't think he had a very big role in that, though. Um, what else? U.S. So, Marshals. Well, oh, go yeah, ahead. U.S. Marshals. U.S. Marshals, Air America, um, which, you know, love, love, love them all. But I don't remember him as, as, you know, Lou might attest to. I don't remember him, remember him really standing out. For me, his standout role after uh, coming uh, on the heels of, not on the heels, um, coming out of his issues um, that we will talk about was really Sherlock Holmes. Interesting. Right? Okay. That that's where he got re-solidified in my mind as the master of the craft. Yeah. Well, you know, let's talk about that before we go on through his filmography here, because, uh, let's see, what was the last thing I mentioned prior to all that? Natural Born Killers was 1994. U.S. Marshals was later in 1998. So in between there, um, one night stand. Why does that sound familiar? Anyhow, uh, in about 1996, I think was the first time he was arrested, uh, on drug charges, uh, including cocaine, heroin, marijuana. This is according to Wikipedia. I remember all of this stuff going on at the time, but I never really got into the details yeah. because I knew who he was and I'd seen some of his stuff. But as we've kind of mentioned, he didn't really do a whole lot 
up to that point. He wasn't a mainstream actor. He certainly wasn't A-list. And um, he had a really, really hard time with drugs, multiple arrests, uh, missed required drug tests. Um, the, he, he, it wasn't just like a one-time thing. I mean, he struggled on an ongoing basis. Uh, he spent a year in the, uh, almost a year in the California Substance Abuse Treatment Facility and State Prison. Uh, and yet he still did some work on and off through this period of his life. Uh, apparently this was about five years, five or mm -hmm. six years where he was on and off through getting arrested and rehab and things like that. Uh, he couldn't really get much work at the time, if I recall correctly. He ended up working on Ally McBeal. Mm -hmm. which mm. was uh, a popular TV show at the time with Callista Flockhart. But I, I, I got to break in here because yep, here, here's do. why this man is one of my favorite actors on the planet. So he's incarcerated. He's mm -hmm. in rehab. He's doing all of this heavy lift that, that people who are recovering or sober um, need to do. He gets paroled and two days later he's on the set. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, I mean, the guy is, is uh, when I was little, we had those bozo blow up dolls that, that you would punch and they would pop back up at oh, you and yeah, you would I punch them those. again and pop. And I kind of, that, that's him for me. That, that is the metaphor in my mind. He's for like this, a weeble. It's really a, he a weeble. wobbles and he doesn't fall down. And he doesn't fall down. Well, right? he fell down and though. He just got he back fell up down. again. Yeah. Repeatedly. And that's the part about him that I think is a gift to, you know, humanity in essence. Um, he, he gave that to us, right? He allowed us in. He's, he's public about his, his issues. Um, he doesn't necessarily dwell on them, but if asked the question, you know, he answers honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, sure. And you gotta love that in, in a guy. Um, whose profession it is to uh, clearly be vulnerable, vulnerable on the set, but to be that vulnerable 24 seven is miraculous. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I as an actor, you're supposed to wear a mask most of the time. He's been very above the board and upfront with this, uh, this whole situation, but it goes beyond that too. A lot of people don't realize that he's bipolar as well. And he had um, some, pretty serious mental health issues that he was also working through at the time. And that according to him and uh, allegedly his doctors as well was uh, a big hurdle in him being able to get and stay sober was the mm -hmm. fact that he was trying to also deal with bipolar disorder, which is something that um, he had only recently been, I think it was 98 when he got diagnosed with it. So through a lot of this, he wasn't even diagnosed, let alone getting treatment for that. And that was getting right. in the way of the drug problem. And a lot of those go hand in hand with substance abuse stuff, right? right? I mean, you know, and I mean, everybody has their demons and he's had more than his share, I think. But um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I look at his stuff and, and like Robin said earlier, a lot of his things from earlier in his career are not really rememberable, I guess. I mean, they don't stick out in your mind as being, oh yeah, that was a Robert Downey Jr. movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we've all seen him. We, we, we know he was there and he wasn't really on the map. 
much besides for his problems. Yeah. I, I do I'm not, not trying to say bad things about it. I mean, but that's what he was known for before his recent popularity, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's very true. He was kind of the poster child for, uh, you know, Hollywood drug addiction and excess. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to point out one thing uh, regarding the, the mental health struggle. Uh, apparently there's a little bit of, of discussion about whether that was accurate or not. Apparently he said in a 2007 interview that he wasn't ever diagnosed with it. And that was uh, something that was reported uh, incorrectly by a family member. I, I don't know all the details of that, but it was something that at the time was, was brought up and, you know, if he struggled with it, as you said, Lou, it goes hand in hand with that sort of struggle. And if he wasn't struggling with it, it's not like he didn't have a shortage of other things to get through as it was. So either way, it was still a, a really rough life for him. Um, oh, yeah. I remember seeing footage of him in court looking the judge dead on in the eye and saying, listen, I need help. Mm -hmm. I need mm -hmm. help. I I seriously need help and I take the need for help seriously. Please help me. And I, I saw that and I'm like, wow, you know, that when you get up in court, that's when you're supposed to say, no, I'm, I'm going to be fine and, and I'm going to be a good citizen and all that. And he's like throwing himself at the mercy of the court. And I was younger at the time. So I was like, wow, that's something I'd never really seen before from a celebrity because a lot of times right. celebrities get arrested, they get into court you know, they have these gazillion dollar lawyers and they're like, Psh, yeah, no comment, no contest. I'm not doing nothing. I'm walking. Right. And that's not the approach he took. He took it very seriously. But I think that, Lou, what you said a minute ago about him um, being more well known for this struggle than any of his work, which, as we said already up until this point, Chaplin aside, Chaplin was phenomenal. We'll come back to that in a minute. He wasn't really known for his work. He was known for this instead. And now he oh, yeah. spent three years in a row. He spent from 2013 to 2015, according to Forbes, as the highest paid actor. Three years in a row. And mm -hmm. I don't know if that's uh, been overtaken by someone else by now. But when you go from, and no pun intended, but from less than zero to... You know, you can't get a job in Hollywood to this where mm. everything you touch is a multi-billion dollar movie. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, it, it's funny because we were talking about this before we recorded. And, you know, when I first heard he was cast as Iron Man, my first reaction was like, really? Uh, OK. I mean, you know, none of us knew that this was going to be the phenomena that it is when you come to the Marvel MCU stuff. But, right. um, I, I mean, first I was like, okay, yeah, whatever, you know, it's just another movie. And to see what he's done since then, it's just like, wow. So you you're know, sitting I mean, there thinking like, really, this is the drug guy, right? It, exactly. That was my first thought. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can understand that. Um, um, so yeah, if you told me he was going to be the highest paid actor for those, those years and be kind of the poster child for the Marvel MCU and it was going to be as big as it was, not that we ever knew that it was like, right. wow, that that's a, that's a stretch. <laughs> 2008 time magazine called him one of the 100 most influential people in the world. Yep. Huh. I don't know whether that is a, a 
an accurate assessment, but again, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big statement. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to keep coming back to this, but I don't think he could have been that without completely owning and living through with purpose and with passion, even the, the illnesses uh, that have plagued him. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, that, that is someone who completely embraces um, life and living and all of the things that humans are aspire to be and fall short of. And that's why um, he has earned, I mean, my admiration um, because it, it, it's amazing to me that he just keeps showing up. And when he shows up, um, he, he does it with style and elegance and humility and this sort of grace that just sort of kind of catches me off guard sometimes because right. I too, back in the day, wrote him off as one of the brats in the pack that, you know, when tragedy hit, I went, well, we're never going to see him again. Right. And then he shows up in in Sherlock, which I think was an amazing role uh, for him. Um, and I hear he did he did some pretty heavy lift, pretty heavy lifts in in terms of his own acting in order to embrace um, the Chaplin role. Yeah. Well, let let's. Uh, I, I want to come back to Chaplin. I just I want to say really quick too that I think that. Uh, you were just talking about um, you were ready to write him off. And I think everybody had. Yeah. But I think that this is also a good example of how we shouldn't when people are yeah. struggling with uh, something like this, whether it's a mental health issue or whether it's an addiction. Addiction is an illness. Addiction isn't. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not apathy. It's not something where people just decide to be selfish and decide to be a bad person. I mean, it's something that they're going through. They don't like the fact that their lives are being destroyed by this, but that's what an addiction is. You can't break out of that cycle very easily. And I think that this is a, the really, he should be the poster child of why we should not give up on people who need help. So I just wanted to well, throw they've, that out. They've got to want the help too. And I think he no, that's did, very like true. you said, you know, I mean, there's people that you see over and over again, going into rehab and coming back out and doing the same things, going back into rehab. It's like, okay, that's a vicious cycle, yeah. but guys like him, you know, he wanted help and he got it. And now he's come out the other side much better than he was before. And, but, and to Robin's point about the, you know, the struggles he went through making him what he is today. I mean, that, that is so huge in anybody's life. I think that when you look at, you know, if you could take this part of your life out, you know, this bad part, it's like, well, that doesn't always mean that's a good thing because that bad part getting through that made you who you are today. And the struggles he went through made him into a much better person, I believe. Yeah. But you have to keep in mind too, that he had to go through it several times. It's not just a one and done. Mm -hmm. um, I've, mm -hmm. I've heard um, of various different, I won't get into all the other people I've heard these stories about, but where they've, you know, they've tried and they failed and they've tried and they've failed and just over and over again until, I mean, either they succeed because they have to, or they end up dead. And you are right. right. They have to want it, but 
if they do want it, it doesn't mean that that's enough either. So, oh, they definitely need the support. You're right. absolutely right. So looking at his filmography, I mean, really before all of this stuff happened, the the big hit for him was Chaplin. Now, have you guys seen Chaplin? I have not. I have not, but I purchased it to see Lou. But you One haven't seen it in years. I know. <laughs> and 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 I I'm the only one who see I even went to rewatch it before recording this episode, figuring out I didn't want to be behind Robin. Who'd I be dissecting tried, it. And, oh Wait, gosh, she's a huge so fan she hasn't seen it yet. Wow, I, I don't feel so bad now. I'm I so purchased it. It's sitting on my shelf ready to watch. I <laughs> but sitting on ready. your shelf. Yeah, I bought a diet book too. Watched. I haven't lost any weight yet. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really, that's a good analogy, uh, Lou. I, I, kudos for that one. <laughs> have I said recently how much I love my co-hosts? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. No, I, mean, I have heard great things about it. I mean, Eric, you don't want to see it, but, I mean, it does stand out as a a real, you know, challenge for him in, in a real cinematic movie as opposed to a popcorn movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, well, so the little bit of research I did on it while trying to keep up with it, Eric, because this is like the best part of my life. I try to keep up with Eric and stay a step ahead of Lou. Um, is that he actually taught himself how to play tennis and learned how to play the violin left-handed so that he could completely embrace uh, this role. Hmm. Now that's the kind of guy you want on your team. Wow. Now that I did not know. Uh, here's what I can tell you about this movie. I am not typically a fan of biopics. Uh, it, for me, it has to be someone who I find really compelling. Uh, I appreciate them. I get that a lot of them are done well. And of course, a lot of them have Academy Award nominated actors and blah, blah, blah. And But, uh, you know, it's awards fodder. And eh, OK, I could take them or leave them. And then on top of that, this is a period piece. And mm -hmm. I don't like period pieces. So. Understand that when I say that this is a phenomenal movie, that it it's legitimately something that I think people sh should see. It's on two different levels. Number one, it's fascinating to learn all of this about Charlie Chaplin, one of the most iconic actors of cinematic history. Mm -hmm. One of the earliest, uh, uh, significant influences. And then aside from that, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance is this is so unlike anything else he's been in. I have not seen this since any of the Marvel movies. I watched this years and years ago and preparing for this episode, I went and I didn't actually finish it. I got like maybe two thirds through it again and watching it now after seeing him as Tony Stark and seeing, you know, he's aged. This was back in 1992. Uh, Wow. Like it, it's almost hard to tell that this is Robert Downey Jr., except that you can still see him in it. But he really, truly becomes this other character. And even then, the movie is him providing an interview about his life to a reporter played by Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> and the old Charlie Chaplin that he does is very different from the younger Charlie Chaplin that he does. The older version, you can tell he's been beaten and, and kind of, you know, dragged through the streets a little bit. And, and he's 
just tired and disillusioned and and all that. In the earlier one, he's hopeful and he's it. The performance is uh, it disturbs me that he did not actually win the Academy Award for Best Actor. It is yet another one of the reasons why I have little faith in the Academy. So I highly recommend everybody watch it, uh, especially the two of you. I, I can't believe I am so disappointed in both of you. You should hang Aww. your heads in shame. I Aww. tell you. Lou just did. I'm not. You should be more disappointed than <laughs> yeah. Robin because she's a self-proclaimed Robert Jane Jr. Super fan. <laughs> know, right. I know, I know. And she and, bought and the dang movie. It's sitting on my shelf waiting to watch. <laughs> uh, okay. So watch Chaplin. It is worth going out of your way for. And I think it's available for streaming too. I think it's on uh, Amazon Prime. I couldn't find it there. That's why I actually went on to Amazon and bought it. Oh, no, I think it's free on Amazon Prime. In fact, I could be yeah. wrong. But uh, either way, I recommend people check it out. So that was like, not only was that his biggest movie to date, but I think that was the last serious movie that he did before he started having these uh, these problems that we were just talking about. Now, during that time period, he did do Ally McBeal, I think for a few seasons. He did another movie that I really appreciated his role in, and Lou doesn't even really remember him in the movie. Mm. <laughs> And that was Lou. U.S. Marshals. And I think that's yep. another one of those movies that to me is meaningful because it's an example where the sequel was better than the movie that came before it. I liked this a lot better than The Fugitive. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. So in U.S. Marshals, you have Tommy Lee Jones leading the group of U.S. Marshals that hunted down Harrison Ford in the movie The Fugitive, and they're hunting down someone else now in this case. And I had to go to IMDb just now to look this up. The villain is Wesley Snipes. Yep. However, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is kind of a new recruit to the team. He's a transfer into the team and uh, he may or may not be fully on the up and up. I don't want to spoil it too much because if you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. I really think this is a, a very it strong It was movie. a very good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, Eric, I mean, I, I remember the movie for Wesley Snipes and Tom Lee Jones, not so much for Robert Downey Jr. And you start mentioning him, I'm like, oh, yeah, he was a kind of Weasley guy that wasn't really part of <laughs> Tom Lee Jr.'s uh, Tom Lee, Tom Lee team, but uh -huh. he was a he was an FBI guy. I think he was transferred or something. He wasn't part of the Marshals originally. Right. And it was like, okay, who's this guy? But now I don't remember anything about him besides now, that. Steve, to me, I remember this as being a Tommy Lee Jones movie and – as a Robert Downey Jr. movie, and I didn't even remember Snipes was in it. Like, to me, this is a Downey movie. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. No, I can't go that far. I okay. remember Wesley yeah, Snipes. I uh, hey, I could be in the minority on this. <laughs> That's all right. So, uh, let's see. What else do we have? He was in Bowfinger, but nobody really remembers Bowfinger. You no. know, he... He was in Tropic Thunder, and I and he, here's a here's a standout, right? So, um, well, here's we're a comedy. Really far ahead there, but oh, sorry. No, that's okay. I mean, we can do that and come back to the others if you want. But I I jumped. You jumped a lot. You you jumped Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, <laughs> uh, 
which I didn't see, but I heard was pretty good. He had a lead in that. Uh, he was in Good Night mm -hmm. and Good Luck, but he didn't have a lead for that one. He was mm -hmm. in uh, Scanner Darkly. You guys still haven't seen a Scanner Darkly, have you? I have not. No, we have okay. not done our homework. So Professor. you're right. And this was your idea for the show, Robin. I know. I know you didn't see Scanner Darkly <laughs> either. So Scanner Darkly <laughs> is a movie starring Keanu Reeves and uh, Robert Downey Jr. is a secondary character in it. And it's based on a Philip K. Dick short story. Philip K. Dick. Oh, boy. He wrote a lot of science fiction back in, I want to say, the 60s. and his stories led to Blade Runner and Minority Report and um, the Adjustment Bureau and I don't know, probably 10 or 15 other movies. Uh, some really, really good stuff. But anyway, Scanner Darkly, one of the things that was interesting about it was it's animated, but the whole movie was filmed. And then they animated over top of the filming. So it was before the days of motion capture. But, oh my gosh, it's really hard to describe. You should watch a trailer. That's probably the best way to, to get a sense of the visual style of it. But the visual style of it is so unique and so mm. interesting. Uh, this came out back in 2006, and man, I can't believe neither of you guys have seen it either. Uh, and I don't think Sorry. it is streaming for free anywhere. That's the thing. Okay, so <sighs> moving along, let's see. Charlie Bartlett. Um, Iron Man came out before Tropic Thunder, didn't it? It was the same year, I think. 2008, and Tropic Thunder came out in 2008. So let's talk Trop Tropic Thunder first. Well, let's talk Tropic Thunder because um, Mel Gibson is going to sort of step in here and um, help his buddy out, right? Mm -hmm. And so he films uh, Tropic Thunder with um, uh, with uh, Mel, Mel Gibson, who, you know, they become friends. And then Mel Gibson turns around and helps his buddy by... Um, Believing in him enough to uh, to finance bonds for him in order to actually get insured to right. continue his acting career. Mm -hmm. And so, again, this is, you know, someone else in the industry who notices that this man is a phenomenal talent um, and helps him maintain the dream. That's right? a really important point is that Robert mm -hmm. Downey Jr. was having a hard time finding work because he was uninsurable. Nobody wanted to insure him because they were worried that he'd end up in jail again or in rehab mm -hmm. and then they would have right. no film. He literally right. couldn't get work. Even if they found someone who wanted him for a role, the studios would say no. Right, because the insurance companies would say no. Right. Right. Yeah, a lot of so, people forget uh, about that. Yeah, so I again I think I think it's it's a testament to this man's uh passion for his craft. Um and I and I would say he's not just an actor. I would say he's he he's a craftsman and I know the academy doesn't like, you know, the the superhero um you know, 
action packed movies. They're, you know, not about to nominate them for awards and things like that. But I think they're, they're missing the brilliance and some, and some of the subtle acting that happens even amongst these larger than life uh, superheroes that are appearing on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all know the Academy doesn't reward things that the people like as popular stuff. No, the Academy <laughs> or, sucks. or even as what's that? They suck. Yeah. You suck. <laughs> they, Academy. They do sometimes. Yes. Tell us what you really think. Eric. Hey, I'm not in any danger of winning anything. I've got nothing to lose. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so somewhere down the road, they're going. Oh, wait, didn't he say that on a podcast that we right. said? Yeah, don't want to give him. Yeah. Um, now, now, if I could backtrack just for a second here, while, while we were talking, and, and I was watching the trailer for U.S. Marshals from 1998. Yeah, and trailers are horrible back then. But anyways, um, so so, so they, they they do list it as Tommy Lee Jones, Wesley Snipes, and Robert Downey Jr. as the three leads. Yep, but. Robert Downey Jr. had like two scenes in the entire trailer, like two glimpses of him. Um, I mean, it was definitely a Tommy Lee Jones, Wesley Snipes movie. Even just from the trailer. <laughs> but 50% I'm just, I'm of Snipes saying. content on screen was shown in the trailer. Like it, Downey had so <laughs> no, much more no, screen time. No. He did. Boys, oh boys, you're he was the main guy. Watch oh it again. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, let's talk wow. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. I'm not a big Ben Stiller fan, but between Robert Downey Jr.'s character and Tom Cruise's character with the fat suit. This is a funny movie. It, it was. Movie. It was. Uh, ben Stiller, like I said, very hit or miss for me, but I really liked Tropic Thunder. I thought it was, I mean, there were some parts that were really dorky, uh, and interestingly enough, those were the Ben Stiller moments, but everything else in this movie, <laughs> I thought it was really good, but let's, uh, Robin, let's talk about Downey in this one. Um, so for me, it's, it's again, the expansion of, of his acting ability. He's as comfortable, you know, playing the obnoxious bratty, um, um, snotty guy, you know, that delivers a straight line, uh, with the straight face, with the best of them. And then he's capable of this type of comedy. I don't want to call it screwball comedy. What do I want to call it? Gents. Um, it, it is a straight up comedy, yeah. right? Oh, definitely. It is a caricature sort of comedy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And so, um, that's the, part that I remember other than, you know, my father loving to, um, get his guffaw laugh on. And so, um, this is one of the things that, that, uh, my dad and I watched together. I, I really, and, and the, the concept for his character, I thought was really clever too. He was a Hollywood, a white Hollywood actor playing a black guy mm -hmm. in a way that really kind of stereotyped watching a white guy try to play a black guy <laughs> and like everything about it that was over the top and probably just really wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't but, mean know, wrong as in inaccurate. A... I mean, wrong as in like inappropriate, <laughs> but it was also a, the, the, the movie was a stunt to get his career back on track too. Right. 
want to I mean, say that's not why they made the movie, but it definitely no, 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 served but, as I'm that. saying in the movie, his oh, 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 character. Oh, right. yes. I'm sorry. Yes. He was, was a down in his luck actor or his past his prime or yep. I can't remember what the, the beginning that was. But this was yep. a stunt he was doing as the character to revitalize his career and become a serious actor. Again, which, which, which was I also was, kind of ironic. But yeah, <laughs> going hand in hand with him in general. Yeah. So another quick piece of trivia. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. was also nominated again for an Academy mm-hmm. Award for Tropic Thunder for Best yeah. Supporting Actor. I think that that for a comedy, I think that that really says something about the level of mm. performance. Though, again, that makes me hypocrite because I just said I have no faith in the Academy. So. <laughs> but he didn't win, so I still get to make the comment that, yes, it's good that he well, was recognized, good movies but the Academy nominated. still sucks. Mm-hmm. People get that many, but the, the winners aren't always what we think they should right. be. So, yeah. All right. And then after that, I mean, we basically, we have two things that bring us from uh, about 10 years ago up until today, 11 years ago. And that is the MCU and Sherlock Holmes. Let's talk Sherlock Holmes. Ah, uh, my favorite. My favorite. Really? I get it. He is Iron Man. He is actor man. He is all of that. But, oh, his his personification of the eccentricity of the detective that that spills forth from those great novels is just magical. And Lou's shaking his head and scratching his beard, <laughs> looking I, at I just, me like, I mean, really? I, I didn't. I, well, let me put it this way. I don't remember him as an actor in the movie all that well because I didn't care for the movie. Not because of him. I just didn't care for the movie. Right. I'm with you there. You know, I, I didn't give it much of a chance. I'll say that. I thought the first one was good. I don't remember the, much about the second one as much as I do the first. I liked the first one. The second one I thought was mediocre. But my problem. I never saw the second one. Okay. But I'm and with I, you. My problems with the movies. gave it a second one. Had nothing to do with. Robert Downey Jr. My problems hmm. with the movies yep. had to do with the fact that it kind of felt like not quite Michael Bay doing Sherlock Holmes. Wow. Yeah, no, yeah, not, I just didn't, I not didn't Michael like their Bay, take on... but like somebody who aspired to be Michael Bay doing Sherlock Holmes movies. <laughs> Which is even worse. Cause you know, if you, if you don't like Michael Bay films to begin with and you get somebody who's trying to be Michael Bay, but not quite. Right. Like, Wow. You guys have the best faces when you're talking about, I wish this was like a video. (laughs) Oh no. That that may be coming soon. Oh, this would be fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, you should see their faces. They, they have no poker faces right now. I'm going to win everything. Yeah, pretty Um, much. You're not going to convince me that the Sherlock Holmes movies were, uh, did justice to the stories upon which they were based. I mean, we're not talking the Will Ferrell Sherlock Holmes, okay? Oh, no, 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 we're not. Not that no, bad. No, 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 not that bad. I remain halfway through that movie and probably wow. forever will because I don't think I'm going to finish But now, okay, so, but, so compare and contrast this uh-huh. against the Sherlock series. I have not seen more than maybe three or four episodes of the Sherlock series. The Sherlock series, I think, is better, but it also feels very British. And by that, yeah, I but mean, it should be. The tone, it should <laughs> I mean, be. 
I'm not, yeah, that's yeah. not a complaint, yeah. okay. but the tone is, uh, much more stoic's not the right word, but it's, um, uh, very serious. Are you talking and, about Benedict Cumberbatch? Yes. yes. And the pacing Sherlock is Sears? much slower than the Robert Downey Jr. films. Yeah. It's like two episodes for a season. Cause the episode is like six hours long, but or not something quite. like that. You look like you're in pain, Robin. Well, all right. So I'm <laughs> like, you literally look like you're in pain. I was about to like text you. Are you okay? That, that was thinking. <laughs> okay. Gentlemen, that was thinking. That's why it hurt so bad. I get it now. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Oh, I should, I should have the last here so you couldn't hear me. <laughs> so <laughs> there's the, there's the Benedict Cumberbatch series. I guess the B. BC series, but right. then there's also the American Sherlock series. And I was trying to separate all of that. Oh yeah. No, no. We met the BBC one. We met the good one. Okay, what's thank what's you. the American series? It's with, um, you know, the other one recently, the one with Lucy Liu, Lucy Liu. Yes. Oh, okay. that doesn't I, even. I don't, oh, I don't Robin. consider that. Yeah. I was just saying, I don't consider that a Sherlock series. <laughs> Shame so on what you. What are you talking about? I think I'm about to be put in the corner yes. for a timeout. <laughs> you have a timeout, definitely. Oh my oh gosh, Lord. I can't believe you just did that. Well, that's why my face did that while you were talking well, about it. Yeah. I, was, I was actually in pain. Um, I think I'm in pain now too. That's horrible. <laughs> Excuse me. So, <laughs> so no, I don't, I think we're comparing apples and oranges here, gents. Um, I, I, I believe that the Sherlock Holmes movies are comp are a different animal. And and that's what they I want to say about that. Yeah. Um I I like them immensely, the movies. And um and I think it's because Robert Downey Jr. is Sherlock. He does a really good job with the role. I think my issue was more with Either the writing or the directing, I'm not sure which, to be fair. I think maybe the writing. But it's kind of like maybe. trying to separate Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Captain Jack Sparrow and Pirates of the Caribbean. I can't do it. Or yeah. Pirates. But you do uh, have right. to admit that some of those were not written all that well either. No, there weren't. No. Or directed. I, I love the uh, Ask a Ninja a video podcast series when he was talking about the second one and said, directed by Gore Verbinski, there needed to be a lot more gore and a lot less Verbinski. <laughs> it was just not a good movie. And I'm not heralding them as fantastic movies. No, I think the, I'm, role what I'm, of, the role, yeah. what I'm saying is now that role is in my mind. And if they ever do another Sherlock Holmes movie mm -hmm. where Downey Jr isn't cast there or Bob, <laughs> Bob. as, as his nickname is. <laughs> um, That's what we're going to title the episode. We're just going to call it Bob. Bob. <laughs> um, what about Bob? I, it, it would be disturbing to me. Well, there's a Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock Holmes three in pre-production for 2021. Yes, yes, yes. Very excited. Uh, yeah. I mean, if it's good, then it's good. I, that that's fine. All uh, y'all get into discord, go into our channel and tell me how great Robert Downey Jr. is in Sherlock Holmes.
Yay. There you go. <laughs> Make Robin feel better. Maybe we'll pull her out of timeout. Like, wait, we just told you we didn't like the movie. <laughs> you want us to put it in writing now, too? Okay. Yeah, well, I'm talking to our audience. Oh, I'm so talking to our audience. Speaking of our audience, let's get back to the rest of uh, his career so let's far. Do we, this up to Tony Stark, and you know it's interesting. Immediately before recording this, I got to be a guest on Guardians of the MCU, and Tim was talking to Lizzie and I about how, um, you know, where is Marvel going to go in the future as far as a face for the MCU? Because previously we had Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. And they were kind of at the forefront as actors to get in front of a lot of the promotional marketing and things like that. And now where are things going to go? Who's going to be that person or those people? And uh, we had what I think is a really interesting discussion about it. And I encourage people to go check it out. But one of the things that came up, I said, you know, it's, it's a little bit different because back then, Robert Downey Jr., we had superhero movies before then, but what he brought to the role in his portrayal of Tony Stark in how much Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr. as personalities are so similar and the creative input that Robert Downey Jr. had and that John Favreau as the director allowed him to have and, and the faith that the studio put in him, which again, Tropic Thunder in this, right? Coming out in 2008, he was still a big risk. And he said, no, I want this. I need to do this movie. You don't understand. I need this because I am this character. Like you have to let me do this character. You're not going to get this from anybody else. And he was right. I think, as I said on, on that show, Guardians of the MCU, I said, I wonder what the Marvel movies would be like now if they had cast somebody other than Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man back when they were starting out. I'm sure they'd still be successful, but I have to imagine it'd be a completely different creature. I think Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. as a professional in the industry helped... Mm -hmm craft the direction, whether intentionally or unintentionally of the Marvel films. Well, I mean, look at it this way. I mean, you know, we talk about how the MCU would be different without Robert Downey Jr. What about, I mean, would we be talking about Robert Downey Jr. if he didn't do Iron Man? You know, if he didn't act in that role, it had the success he had there. Would we be talking about him at all as a, standalone episode like this? I don't think so. I think um, that, um, I mean, again, he got another Academy nod for Tropic Thunder uh, and he did earn it in that movie. I yep. think he'd be doing something. I just, I don't know that it would be as prominent as this. Right. No, I'm sure he'd be an actor and keep acting in movies, but he wouldn't be as uh, influential as he is today. Right. You know, but, but, you know, you think back to Iron Man and we, you talk about the fact that we had different, superhero movies before Iron Man than we do now going forward. And, and you're right. I think he had a lot to do with how that role got pulled off and how popular movies became, um, you know, without him, I think you're absolutely right. There wouldn't be this, the MCU wouldn't be what it is today. I mean, would you know, right. did they, you know, did they have a plan for the movies that they had put, put forth at that time? Or did they have an inkling of, 
if this all goes really well, is what we want to do. You yeah. know, I don't think we would have had as many movies as we've had and enjoyed and Marvel wouldn't have been enjoying the success they have if it wasn't for that movie kicking things off. And it was kind of the perfect storm of good writing, good story, great acting, good direction. You know, it, it all came together. Yeah. I don't want to say that he is solely responsible no. for the successor direction, but he was a an intrinsic factor. He was... Um, he was definitely one of the primary constants in that equation. Mm -hmm. Well, even like right down to the very last season, I think it was the very last season of the movie where, you know, he's at the press conference and he's told what to say. And he's like, I'm Iron Man. It's like, that was him. That, that was yeah. Robert Downey Jr. And Tony Stark. But that was him. That was, that was a perfect marriage. It was like, yeah, that kind of sums it up. Yeah. Robin, you've been kind of silent on the Tony Stark thing. I'm going to agree with all of you. Um, I'm also going to go back to my original comment, which is I think everybody held their breath when he was cast as Tony Stark. Um, I even uh, Favreau held his breath and while I understand the human nature in holding your breath because you see somebody carrying all that baggage into what you are hoping will be a blockbuster film. Um, again, it, it, it's, it just harkens back to me, this, this notion of y'all can keep holding your breath around people with amazing amount of talent, or you can just exhale and embrace them. And the journey becomes so much richer for that. Um, yeah. Hindsight is 2020 though. And you know, like, like people have said, you know, it, it was a risk. I, I think it was a risk that they won on. Um, I can't imagine anybody else being Tony Stark. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I want anybody else to be Tony Stark. Um, like I, like who would you have put in, in his place that, that could have gotten us here? Yeah. I've, I've thought about that before and I, I seriously have not been able to think of anybody else who really fits that character. I mean, like I said, Robert Downey Jr. shares some of the core aspects of, mm -hmm. of Tony Stark's character. I mean, Tony Stark, I mean, he's battled addiction, especially more in the comics than in the movies, but that's uh, been an ongoing story arc for him. He mm -hmm. is brilliant and mm -hmm. yet is his own worst enemy a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. Um, very charismatic, uh, a, a bit arrogant at times and yet not cruel and, and not uncaring about the people around him. Um, it, yeah. it just like, there's so much of one in the other back and forth. There's this yin and yang mm -hmm. going on. It's there's the symbiosis mm -hmm. is just too good. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't think of anybody else to cast as him. Well, you, you know, and it's hard to make that choice, make that question to us because, you know, we've seen him in the role. The role is him. Right. And he fits it so well. It's like, I can't think of anybody else in that role. 
other actors could have pulled it off. It wouldn't be the same role. Right. You know, it wouldn't be this. It, and there's no way to, there's no way to go back and, and do that. Cause it, you know, I don't think any of us could say, yeah, I didn't really buy him as Tony Stark. Right. You know, if it was questionable, you'd be like, okay, who could we put in there? Uh, you know, right. Who, who could compensate they, they for could what he job. lacked right. is, is kind of where you go anything. with trying to think about recasting people. But, but that's the thing. Like, I can't think of anybody who could bring what he brought to it. And, and yeah, there are other people who, who could do it. Like you said, mm-hmm. Lou, I just don't think that there's anybody else who would have had um, quite the same connection as an actor to that character and who just seemed to naturally live out that role. So, yeah. Well, I don't know what, what else to say about Robert Downey Jr. So he's done with the Marvel cinematic universe now. And I guess maybe there's another Sherlock Holmes coming. Uh, Sherlock Holmes three, according to IMDb is in pre-production is coming out in 2021. He's got uh, The Voyage of Dr. Doolittle coming How out cool next year. How cool is that? I know nothing about it. All-Star Weekend uh, doesn't have a date. An untitled John Brinkley biopic also does not have a date. And that's all that's on the slate for him so far. I wonder if he's just going to take a break for a while. Like he doesn't need Take the to, money and run. Right. He never <laughs> needs to work again in his life. And yet I know he's not going to just sit there. Right. Well, I, you know, I'm fond of at, at the place where I work saying, I heard a rumor. So let's think about substantiating this or not. Um, I heard a rumor that he's trying to embrace now Tony Stark in his personal life. And that he's keen to fund some big time science projects. Good. And y'all heard that rumor? I have not. But to be fair, I haven't really kept up either. Like I'm I'm not plugged into that side of of I'm not a stalker like Robin is. Right. Yes. Well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um well I did a bunch of research heading into this, and so it might have been a rumor. Um, and I'm gonna say rumor with a capital R because I haven't been able to substantiate um I haven't be able to substantiate it, but you know, it, it doesn't seem that far fetched. No, I could see him doing that. Yeah. I think. Then again, I, I he cannot, might be Batman. <laughs> I cannot presume to, <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't presume to know Robert Downey Jr. or what motivates him or anything, but from what I picked up on in interviews and such, it seems like, it matters to him that he matters. Having value as a person seems to be important to him. So I could totally see him doing something like that. Something that he feels like he is having a beneficial effect on the world around him. And maybe this goes back to what he's been through and having overcome that uh, and gotten through it that maybe now this is something that motivates him. I'm speculating. I don't know. That's just the impression that I get from, from things I've seen him say during interviews and such, but. Well, he certainly has the ability now to pick and choose what he wants to do. Definitely. You know, he's, he's not <laughs> submitting resumes for roles, right? He's, 
you know, people are coming to him and saying, would you like to see my script? You know, I mean, he, he's getting yeah. offers, I'm sure. And he can be very choosy what he wants to do. And if he gives back to society or, you know, however you want to put that as him giving back with either donations or funding things, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, like I said, the next movie that he's got coming out, The Voyage of Dr. Doolittle, looking at the cast here, Tom Holland. Now, Robert Downey Jr. will be playing Dr. Doolittle. Uh, Tom Holland, Rami Malek, Emma Thompson, Michael Sheen, uh, Kamal Nanjiani. I think mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Selena Gomez, Octavia Spencer, John Cena. Like it's just celebrity after celebrity after celebrity. I think a lot of these are voices of the animals and such, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I imagine that that'll do really well at the box office one way or the other. I'll That's something there. else to keep in mind about him too. I don't think that he's the type that, he's going to hold out for big box office hits. I think he's just going to pick up projects that sound interesting to him and he's going mm-hmm. to have some stuff that bombs. Well, there is this story here I'm reading on looper.com saying he's been talking since 2016 about doing a Perry Mason series for HBO. Hmm. Wow. To be interesting. Huh? Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm actually trying to envision that. Yeah, it's a reimagined version of the criminal defense attorney Perry Mason. Um, yeah, I think you know, updated for the current times. He yeah, I've never be a seen good, a Perry Mason. So good role in that. You've never seen a Perry Mason, my friend. Nope. Nope. Lou, we have to educate the men. Well, go we ahead. Some, Tell me you've never seen stuff. a pyramid. No, I have. I have. Oh, okay. We, we, get, we get some stuff to watch too, so we really can't call about too yeah, hard. I am sorry. Oh. Of, of call, any episode, you want to call me out on not watching something. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about doing a podcast episode about a guy in his two most popular non MCU movies you haven't seen. <laughs> You're going to call me out on not seeing Perry Mason from like what, 1902. Uh, okay well i think uh unless you guys have anything else uh to say we should probably wrap the episode up um no we should Uh, although i have to say i like every once in a while to do this you know delve down into someone um that you know crosses boundaries for us crosses borders for us Mm -hmm. gets us a little bit deeper um into their lives so so I, I think hope, that I this is folks out there appreciate it. I mean, this is a good pick. He's still very relevant right now. Endgame was the biggest movie, not just of this year, but of like ever. And uh, he's been around for a long time. He's very well versed in the industry. He's had ups and downs. Um, he helped redefine a, an entire genre of film that is, uh, arguably at its peak right now. I, I can't think there's really anywhere higher for the superhero genre to go. Um, and it as a genre has hit a peak that no other genre really has hit in this way. Um, probably since the science fiction movies of the eighties. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a profound impact and he's had a very interesting life and an interesting career. So I think that when we come across other people who have that level of impact on what we watch, yeah, I think we should take some time out and talk about it. Mm. And, and think about this. He actually starred in a movie where he never even walked on the set. Spider-Man far from home. Uh, I mean, his character. Uh, no, don't even go there. You're still in the doghouse. His character featured prominently in the movie, but I'm just saying. I know he, you if, want him if, to account for that one too. I know. I do. I do. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Movie Chatter. We would love to hear from you. We want to know what you think. Uh, what is your favorite Robert Downey Jr.? And try to stick with the non-MCU stuff because that's just kind of a, a gimme. Um, you know, have you seen many of his films? And, and what do you think of uh, the different films that he's been in? Or about different aspects of his life or whatever? Or just about the format of this show in general? Is this something you'd like to see us continue? We want to know. You can email us at moviechatter at randomchatter.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at randomchatter.com. The best place to have an ongoing discussion about this probably is Discord. Once again, the app is free for pretty much every platform out there. And it's free to join the server. Go to randomchatter.com slash discord, and that will get you an invite link that will dump you directly into the Random Chatter Discord server. Go to the Movie Chatter channel and let us know what you think. We want to hear from you. We will respond. We will discuss things. It will be a lot of fun. We would love to see you there. Now, the people who donate through Patreon, even if it's just $1 a month, we do have a bunch of other channels on the server that we have set up specifically as a thank you to the people who help support the network financially. Um, that $1 a month probably doesn't seem like a lot to you, but it really does mean a lot to us. It helps keep the lights on. And uh, so that's why we have additional sections there for different franchises like Marvel and DC and Doctor Who and whatever. And there's a whole group of Star Wars channels there. We've got a section to cover spoilers and speculation, uh, television shows, all kinds of stuff. So if you'd like more information on that, go to randomchatter.com slash Patreon. We would love it if you would help the network as well by just telling your friends about the show and leaving us reviews, sharing us out on social media. All of those help get the word out, and that's a great way to help grow the community. Um, if you wanted to also maybe grab a Random Chatter t-shirt, wear it around every now and then. People say, hey, what's that on your t-shirt? You can explain to them, oh, it's his podcast network. That's that's really awesome, except the shows that Eric are on. Those are kind of, yeah. But the rest of the shows are great, and you should go to randomchatter.com where you can find all of the shows. We've got a great selection of shows there, including a new one that is going to be released probably in about two weeks, I think. A new Star Wars show that's going to be, uh, well, we're really looking forward to it. If you want one of those t-shirts, go to randomchatter.com slash store. I think I've run out of things to plug, guys. You're doing means good. You, means you've done your job. I've done my you job. Done, you've done good. I won't be you fired this week. Okay. Well, the music you hear in this podcast is Secret Agent Business by Blue Stolly. 
As silly as this sentence sounds, all trademarks are owned by their respective owners. And a special thank you to Robert Downey Jr., not just for the work and the creative talent that he has brought to us and, and the hours of content that we've gotten to enjoy, but also in inspiring us that uh, when you do hit rock bottom, you can still recover from that. You can still become something worthy and valuable, and uh, we all appreciate that, and hopefully it will help inspire others as well. So that's it for this week. Until next time, take care and keep the chatter going.